Hello everyone, welcome to Building Character, our new episodic series where we'll be talking about tabletop games and building characters for various games. Uh, with me is... Oh, hi, I'm Kayla. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and let's talk about our first D&D game. Alright. I had like a false start with our first D and D games, I guess, because our, our first D and D game was like two sessions, and we had like a round of combat. If we wanted to get really serious about it, we actually had like two false start D and D campaigns. Well, well, there was there was one we actually had a session for. Right, yeah. we had three sessions for, and then the other one we had a session zero for. But we won't really necessarily yeah. have to get into yeah. that one. But the the one that actually went somewhere yeah. was we played we played the starter set we played Lost Minds of Pandelver, right? Which is a really good starting place for anyone to play D anD D because it's actually a really good adventure. It is. It is super duper fun. Um, there's a lot to work with, um, and uh, as someone who had only played a couple of sessions of D anD D before and had never DM'd, uh, that was an exciting experience for me for yep. sure. Yep. <clears throat> so you DM'd. I was a bard. Yes. Um, our friend and roommate Carter, um, who's in our games, yeah, our, our game weekly, podcast. Uh, game he sessions. was a fighter, just yes. straight up fighter. He was a uh, dwarf fighter. Dwarf fighter, and we also had um, two other friends play with us. Um, the uh, uh, one of the other ones was a dwarf uh, druid. And the other one was a dragonborn... No, they were a half... They were half-elf half dragon sorcerer. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a good setup, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But just for me playing it, um, I really enjoyed being a bard. I haven't been a bard since, and I don't know why that's happened. You know... I've been an elf just about every time, though. Since. You really have. And um, because of that... Uh, I'm not sure if any of our listeners have ever caught it, but um, we constantly make jokes about being shitty elves. Yeah. Because um, I play I play elves pretty much constantly. Pretty much constantly. You gotta be a shitty elf at least once. Because I'll, I'll think of like an interesting character that's like one of the more obscure races and then I'll just somehow end up back an elf. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> how you do that. I'll think, I'll think of something interesting and I'll just be like, nah, I'd rather be a wood elf. Yeah. And I don't know why. Because my first character was an Eladrin elf. Yeah, an Eladrin elf. Because they have high charisma. Yep. And it was super duper funny because uh, not only were you an Eladrin elf that's um, uh, moods change on, like, their moods become so broad that it causes them to change characters. You are also a um, a, 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 a bard of, of glamour. Yes. Which really fed into that character too. Yeah, and that, was that was a lot of fun. Hysterical. Um, that's actually a lot of stuff that like wasn't in like the player's handbook. Like, yeah. As far as starting stuff, it was all stuff from mm-hmm. other supplements that yep. I didn't have like a book for, mm-hmm. which was probably a bad choice for like my first run. Yeah. But it turned out okay. It, it turned fun. out really great, and <laughs> um, you know, uh, as someone who really relied on my uh on the players to be able to know the rules for themselves because we didn't know any of the rules um for the entire game uh at any one point in that in that 
campaign, um, it was really funny to be able to just see what you could do with the words that were written in that you had. Yeah. Um, and I really just left it up for everyone's interpretation. And uh, I guess technically the glamour part didn't kick into level three. Right. So like halfway through. Yeah. Um, but then it got really silly. Yeah. And now I'm actually about to run Lost Minds just with our friends. Yes. So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be super fun. Um, you, the first character you played mm-hmm. in like a, a campaign that like really went anywhere was mm-hmm. in the One Piece game I ran. That's where right. You were, <laughs> where I made everyone kind of crazy overpowered because anime reasons. That's right. That was that was the first true game I played, yeah. Where you were the player, not the DM. Yeah. Um, I mean... We, let's see, I found, I played, my first character that I played was a homebrew race centaur, um, which was hysterical, Mm. because I was a, I was a revised ranger centaur, and... So it's, again, probably questionable as far as first characters go. Yeah, very questionable, because, like, there's a lot of paperwork involved (laughs) in that, Uh, for someone who doesn't know how to first of all build a character and then just kind of run with it Mm -hmm. um and then uh the character i made shortly after that was another homebrew character that was a uh a sin it was was a satyr uh trickster cleric yeah which would have been really really cool to have played and hopefully i'll be able to play them again eventually yeah um then for eberron you ended up as uh as soot as a shifter cleric shifter cleric um, which, uh... I'm trying, to think. I'm trying to think. There's other games that you played that weren't D&D that you were the player for. Right. Um, um so but for, as far as D&D characters. Yeah. For the first Witcher campaign, or the first Witcher game, I was a bard. Yeah. I was a bard elf. I was the shitty elf that time. Yeah. Um. Spire. There's all that Spire. Stuff. That was a fun one. Yeah. And, uh, that got real dark real quick. It was a good <laughs> one. And then um, in, um, our supplement of Troika... That was a fun right. game. I'm not yeah. sure if we podcasted that we one did. or not. We, we did. did. Yeah, it's a... that one was really cool. Um, but let's stick to let's stick to D and D, right? Because um, it's the first episode, and you know, we originally started the podcast as us improving at Dungeons and Dragons, right? And so, I think having this little podcast can be helping other people improve, as well as helping people improve at like tabletop games in general. That does make um, sense. I think we come in with the current generation of people who are picking up Dungeons and Dragons, we're not like oh, yeah. long time players or anything. We no, um, we just picked it up and really have like a just really like it. Should really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember like in like middle school and in high school like wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons, but never having the friend group that wanted to play. <laughs> Or, like, my parents were, like, really weird about it, and they were like, you can't play Dungeons & Dragons, that's a, that's the Satan's game, and we can't play that. But it's really not, and, um, it's really just a, a big, long acting improv game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that just never probably guys. come up on the podcast before, but I, uh, we have degrees in theater. Yes. Um. We do. I actually did have an experience with Dungeons & Dragons a long time ago in, like, middle school. Oh. I think it was third edition, but we, uh, uh, it wasn't very fun. <laughs> it wasn't very fun. <laughs> um, you know, middle schoolers trying to, like, figure out Dungeons and Dragons from nothing. So like, it certainly wasn't Stranger Things. 
Yeah. It was, <laughs> we didn't. We did not have that level of uh, understanding. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because the stranger because I'm pretty sure Stranger Things is supposed to be like they're playing like advanced D and D. Yeah. Which is like dumb complicated. <laughs> like I I've gotten to the point where I love looking at like tabletop games and I love I love a game that's light on rules. Yep. Um, and D and D is not necessarily light on rules. Um, uh, fifth edition definitely is. Like yes. compared to other editions, it is. Yes. Um, but compared to some other like really cool games like Spire and Troika mm-hmm. and stuff, it's got a lot of rules and mechanics. Yeah. Or like Dungeon World even. Yeah. Where you know. And I think, I think, what you get with the rules and mechanics is you get more options. Mm-hmm. But you do also get bogged down in math sometimes. Yes. And that'd be my complaint. Um, I do agree I think, with that. Yeah, and I think, like, it's it's easy to pick up D&D because it's easy to find everywhere. There's It's easy to find mm-hmm. people to help you with it um, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also has a little bit of barrier of entry, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um I'm not sure if the barrier of entry would really be, like, a good, like, term for it, though. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of, like... Like, yeah, there's a lot of kind of complicated things that, like... Like you said, with rules and everything like that. But I feel like it's still accessible enough to make it to where, like, you could still play it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm not gonna lie, whenever we first started playing, I did not read the entire rulebook. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't start reading... I DM'd the first game, and I had not read the entire player's handbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the starter set has, like, a brilliant It really does. Simplifying, yeah. like, yeah, it the really shrunk does. down rules in the starter set are fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, just hand it to people who are new to the game, just like, all right, you built your character, we're playing, you have some questions, just check yep. this thing. It's actually super easy to get through. Yep, because uh, we actually bought the uh, starter box set um, that had the um, Minds of Pendelver, the um, it did have a copy of the player's handbook, but then it also no, no, had no. it's the the oh. core rules is what it's called. Oh, okay, because I thought because the player's handbook is distinctly the big book. Oh, okay, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so that was really fun. Mm-hmm. We didn't use any of the pre-gen characters though, but that's because no, we, we had a player's handbook. Yeah. Um, and we also had like a whole bunch of like PDFs and stuff like that too, which we mm-hmm. ended up going back and buying in hardcover yeah. anyways, but. Uh, and we were, when we were starting out, we also, we used minis and maps, which we no longer do. Yeah, that's, well, we say minis. Um, this was whenever Toys R Us was going out of, uh, going out of business. And, um, I went to a Toys R Us as a, like, on a whim, because I thought, you know, oh, we can go and, like, see if they have, like, any fun video games or something like that on sale. Um, but I ended up buying Hatchimals. Like little bitty tiny hatchimals, and they were they were our miniatures. Combined um, that combined with a we we got the board game Magic the Gathering Planeswalkers, which had a whole correct. bunch of uh, like really cool looking yeah. minis in it that and we then, used for the game with these hatchimals. <laughs> and then we also had um, because we can't forget um, the Lord of the Rings uh, Risk. Yes, that we also had minis for. Yeah, but I've just had that. For <laughs> yeah, a long time. yeah. And, um, and so we, we were using those for our table. Yeah. And, um, I bought a, uh, dry erase board, um, like... Grid map. Grid map. Like that was map. really, really helpful. And it was really funny because, like, 
I had to like set the map up a couple of days in advance <laughs> and so no one could touch the coffee table until we played. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, now we've just kind of abandoned battle maps, I think. We really have. We've just gone full theater of the mind, which I kind of prefer. Yeah. Because we don't... I think, to me at least, the uh, the like act of dungeon delving is uh-huh. not as interesting as the opportunity to roleplay with characters mm-hmm. in like the overworld. Mm-hmm. Like I put like one or two like dungeon-esque areas mm-hmm. in like Eberron, mm-hmm. but I think in the greater scheme it's more exploring the, the world at large. I agree with that. Um, now I do believe that for like the first campaign, considering we had no idea how to visualize the, the layout and stuff like that, I do think that using the maps and in the miniatures mm-hmm. and stuff like that was extremely helpful to try and like understand it. Um, but as we grew using the podcast and stuff like that as a way of us being able to learn, um, and now we only use like dry erase boards for like keeping up with our own stuff. Excuse me, computer. <laughs> uh, keeping up with our own stuff. Um, and then, uh, if in the event that like it's a very specific type of situation where we have to draw out um uh combat or anything like that um we usually only draw out that specific layout um but yeah hey guys i hope you're enjoying building character check out our game night episodes which we post most mondays where we play dungeons and dragons and several other tabletop games We play in a small group to show you guys how to start your own game, no matter what your setup is. And I hope you're finding this interesting and maybe somewhat informative, but now we're going to go ahead and start building a character, and uh, I hope this can prove useful for you. And if you want to find more of our content or chat with us online, follow us at P2BW1 on Twitter, and uh, thanks for listening. Okay, so let's let's build a character. Alright, sounds good. So... For, um, I think, let's start with a, a good character for a beginner player to think about trying. Okay. Like, like obviously, makes maybe make some changes, but we'll kind of go over the process of making a character and um, sort of coming up with a backstory and stuff for those characters. That sounds pretty um, good. So, characters I'd recommend for new players are, like... I think it depends on how much homework you want to do. Right. Because I don't think 5th edition character building is so complicated that you need to, like, stay away from casters if you don't want to, if you're brand new. Mm -hmm. But it does add a little extra layer to building and understanding how magic works. Um, So if you wanted to stay away from, like, non-casters and you're just coming in, coming in blind, um, no better place to start than a fighter. I agree. Like... Like, fighters straight up... I enjoy playing fighters a lot, which I didn't think I would when I started playing. Mm-hmm. I thought fighters would be really boring. Um, you ever played a human fighter? That's the, like, go-to for some people. That is. That is actually the most common character to play, according to that one chart that's on that one D&D website. Beyond. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, that's sort of correct, but also, um, <laughs> this is 
more advanced, but a really common thing to do is take your first level of spider and then multi-class into whatever other thing you oh, want. Yeah. So first level human fighter is super common because that lets you just sort of transition into anything else. That makes sense. Because um, it's super easy to multi-class. multi-class in and out of fighter. Right. Um, but yeah, that's some that's a topic for another character. Um, so let's say um, good fighters for first char- for first players. Let's. I think I think dwarfs a good start. Dwarves are a good start. They're usually pretty hardy. They um, we'll keep players handbook. Yeah, we'll keep player's handbook uh, idea. Um, um, but yeah, they're um, they're a hardy group, um, if I remember correctly. They should be able to um, use almost all types of armor. Yeah, so they, they have proficiency with, um, let's see, mountain dwarves automatically are proficient with light and medium armor, um, but fighters are proficient in all armor and weapons anyway. Right. Um but that's kind of just something... That's why they make really good clerics. Is because mm-hmm. no matter what cleric type you are, dwarves could still get some mm-hmm. good armor. And also, if you're worried about um, being downed often, especially at first level, um, because that's really scary, you also get a, a, a ability sore increase in Constitution, which is how you uh, figure out your HP, which is really mm-hmm. helpful. So, um, let's see. So, yeah, so I'd say a, a mountain dwarf is a good fighter. They got mm-hmm. they have strength, they have constitution, they have uh, dark vision, resistance to poison, things like that. Um, another option is definitely the human fighter. Um, that's really the most versatile. You can do kind of whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, a little more complicated um, if you don't know, like, how feats work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because humans are really weird. Um, since they're not, like... I mean, since they're just humans, like, you know, we're humans. We can't really do anything, like, super crazy, mm-hmm. you know, amazing, like, yeah. you know, see in the dark or anything like that. But um, because of that, they've kind of tried to even it out and make a whole bunch of different traits that are available to, you know, kind of um, really specify what you're wanting. Yeah, a human a human at level one can take a feat, and mm-hmm. a feat is a very powerful feature you can give your character mm-hmm. um and that is that is like a whole like guide in and of itself mm-hmm. um but it can be very powerful for starting off a character but it's a little difficult to grasp if you're not familiar with that section of the rules and stuff mm-hmm. um or you don't have someone like helping you who is more uh, advanced right um another option is as a fighter is you can be an archer um like and like distinct from a ranger fighter encompasses anyone who has a specialized weapon mastery mm-hmm. so a fighter can be sword and shield a fighter can be a warhammer a fighter can be uh, an archer or a crossbowman um and elves make very good archers especially any elf especially wood elves <laughs> yeah um well wood elves make distinctly good rangers because they have oh, that's wisdom yeah. but all of them have high dexterity which helps you be an archer yep um i think the last particularly noteworthy one we should talk about is uh Half-orcs. Half-orcs. No, there are never enough half-orcs. There's never enough orcs in general. You're right. Um, and, uh, I, I personally am a fan of orcs, just in general. I think that, um, it's a bummer that D&D classifies orcs as, like, automatically evil, because that's boring and lame. So I ignore that, typically. Um, but some DMs are really classical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but half orcs are just distinctly hard to beat. 
they are they have high constitution, high strength. Um, if they get dropped to zero hit points, they have a chance of just getting right back up with one mm-hmm. hit, with uh, one hit point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have uh, increased critical hit damage. They're just kind of they're they're meant for fighters and barbarians. You're right. Um, but I think we're gonna keep it real simple, and we're gonna start with a dwarf, mm-hmm. a mountain dwarf fighter. Mountain dwarf fighter. Um, so with the mountain dwarf fighter, I say go ahead and just take your character sheets if you have them available, as if you're making this along with us. Um, or uh, another thing that I find really helpful. Um, of course, we're not sponsored. However, if just you apps. wanted to, <laughs> there's you wanted apps to, for it. <laughs> reach out to us. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of apps. Um, uh, I have, I believe three different D&D apps on my phone <laughs> that I use during most of our sessions. Um, For like spells and whatnot. Oh yeah, they've got spell books, they've got um, character sheets, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole thing. Huh. So, starting off dwarf, um, so we know dwarf fighter, and that lets us gain a bonus to constitution and a bonus, and a bonus of two to strength. And we're doing a mountain dwarf, yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, I believe... Mountain Dwarf might be the only race that gets a plus two to two things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, Half-Elves get something like that, too. Yeah. Um, so, so starting out... Um, we gotta pick a background. Yeah, so let's get let's get your, your basic things figured out before we start plugging in numbers. So we've mm-hmm. got uh, Mountain Dwarf Fighter. What, what do you think a background for Mountain Dwarf Fighter? Um, let's see. For a fighter... Um, Let's use the player's handbook background. So yeah. For sure. um, Let's see. I think um, it really kind of depends on what other, like, kind of features your character is wanting to inhabit. So um, if you're wanting someone who's going to be able to really just be the face character of, like, you know, your group or something like that, um, then, you know, there are specific backgrounds for that. Um I do think that a uh, folk hero is really fun. Um, it gives you a lot of different types of, like, being able to interact with NPCs and um, makes it easier for you guys to be able to negotiate um, mm-hmm. different types of, like, staying and stuff like that. Because, I mean, as a, D- uh, yeah, as a DM, I don't usually um, force people to kind of, like, keep track of money usage and stuff like that or... Um, you know, ordering food and stuff like that. I don't really, you know, that's not something I usually pay attention to. Um, but your DM might. And so Folk Hero makes it that way. Um, it's kind of easier. Um, you've got a, a bit of renown to you, and you're able to um, find a place to stay yeah, you can pretty find, easily. Find some and, help wherever yeah. you need. And, um, and so that's one that I could, that I would suggest. Also Soldier yeah. is kind of a good one, too. Yeah, for fighter, uh, soldier and sailor are always going to be good ones for a fighter. They mm-hmm. they complement it really well. Um, and also, sorry, I was looking at uh, folk hero, but mm-hmm. another good one for dwarf specifically, um, guild artisan is yes. a uh, is sort of in flavor. You know, uh-huh. um, that might be a pretty good one. That might be a good one. Yeah, um, that allows you to have specific type of uh, skill proficiencies such as insight and persuasion. Um, and then you get a specific type of tool proficiency that you could have with an artisan tool. For yeah. example, um, in our first campaign, um, the uh, dwarf um, druid 
was the or had the guild artisan background and her character specified in uh, jewelry making and so she was able to pick up a gem i had forgotten that <laughs> <laughs> she I was, was like, able to did this did that happen yeah was that true yeah yes. and so um she was able to um find different uh styles of jewelry and different dungeons and she was able to negotiate different things um if yeah. you're not familiar with uh that uh that specific um, module. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, um, but sometimes gems are important. Yeah, gems are important, and knowing um, how they're made is kind of important sometimes. Yeah. And uh, some people, you know, especially some NPCs, will find that very, very kind. Yeah, to be able to understand where it came from. So, since this is a first D and D character, let's 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 keep it in the realm of like you know we got our our standard fantasy dwarf fantasy character. You got know. It. So, guild artisan. Okay. What are dwarves known for? We got masonry and smithing. Let's, let's say let's, he's a blacksmith. He's a blacksmith. Okay. Let's, um, so we got fighter dwarf blacksmith, or guild artisan specifically, but blacksmith is his tool of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's give him some stats. We're just going to go through the simple, um, the standard array of points. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, that gives you a 15, a 14, 13, 12, 10, and 8 to plug into each stat. Right. Um, and so for a dwarf fighter, um, he needs to be a strong boy. We know that. Yes. Um, so that, let's just pop that, that strength 15 is a good, is a good choice. I agree. Um, and also we want to be a hearty, a hearty gentleman. So let's do that constitution way up there. Yeah. Um, and so that's with the plus two modifiers to those stats that puts him at a 17 in strength and a 16 in constitution. Which is actually super duper great. Yeah. So, let's see. So then it kind of, we kind of get into flavor at this point. Mm-hmm. If you want to be min-maxi, dexterity and wisdom are good to have high up there. Mm-hmm. But if your character is going to be just a guy swinging a warhammer, mm-hmm. strength and con are the important ones. Now, just in case we have somebody who's um, not entirely sure what that means, what does min-maxing mean? Oh, uh, min-maxing is when you're sort of... Um, it's when... It's your playing to win mentality. It's... Mm-hmm. When you're min-maxing, you want to be as strong and efficient in combat as possible. Um, and that means prioritizing certain things over flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing a roleplay heavy game, go into that flavor. Put your stats in how you want to play it. If mm-hmm. you want to, if you're a fighter but you know you want to do a lot of talking and do some cheesing, give yourself some high charisma and play with that. Play your stats and do what you want. Exactly. If you're in a very combat heavy game or you're playing something like say curse of strahd mm-hmm. or um tomb of annihilation you may want to be able to survive as well as you can yeah and in that case dexterity and wisdom saving throws are very important saving throws mm-hmm. and so you want those higher and so you may want to just throw away intelligence and charisma um but we're not going down that road right. let's say so let's say that uh this guild artisan sort mm. of he sort of knows his way around battle like he's okay. he's He's knowledgeable, um, and it's not just, not just like smithing, but he is like he has like metallurgic knowledge. Okay. So what if we give him like a highish intelligence? Okay. So that that next highest stat, that thirteen for intelligence. That would make sense. Um, but maybe not. Well, I'd say you'd have to have some dexterity. Um, do you think he's a good talker, or do you think he makes good decisions? Um, you... I'm gonna say that in the case of this dwarf. Um, 
I mean, chances are we're probably gonna, if we were to play this game, we would probably also have, like, a, a different type of, like, <laughs> face character for yeah. our, our campaign. And so I wouldn't imagine this guy would be a good talker. He's a bit of a brute, you know? A, a broody, okay, yeah. A broody guy, and yeah, so... Yeah, he's, he's the one making the equipment. He's the one right. in front of the flame. He doesn't have to... He's not the salesman. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Okay, so I don't, I don't necessarily think we should just, like, make dexterity the lowest... But I think we should put that wisdom at a 12, put that dexterity at a 10, yeah. so it's not a negative. Yeah. And you got an 8 in charisma, which makes it a negative 1. Which really isn't, it sounds bad, but it's really not that bad. Because mm-hmm. if you end up in a, in a silly situation where you have to do a charisma check... Um, Sometimes a bad charisma check leads to fun things. It really does. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just to recap, that puts a 15 in strength, a 14 in constitution, 13 in intelligence... 12 Wisdom, 10 Dexterity, and 8 Charisma. And of course, um, since we are doing the simple um, ability score before uh, racial bonuses, um, you also have options that you would have to talk to your Dungeon Master about, um, and that would be uh, different types of ways to set up your character, such mm-hmm. as point by or rolling your dice to be able to get those yeah. characters. If you're rolling your dice, ignore our point numbers. Um, yep. But, you know... Just think in the same way we do. If you got a high number, put your high number in your strength. And then you decide if you want your character to be knowledgeable, if you want them to make good choices, if you want them to be a good speaker, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll go from there. Now we've got some proficiencies. Um, as a fighter, you get two skill proficiencies to choose from mm-hmm. um, based on uh, acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, persuasion, and survival. That's all in your uh, in the player's handbook mm-hmm. under fighter. Um, if you need that list again, and then of course we also have um, the proficiencies that our background gives us, which one more time are going to be insight and pers- yeah, persuasion. persuasion. And uh, so because of that, we already get those. Yeah. So those two we automatically have from our background. Um, if you have a different background, you'll have different uh, proficiencies from that, and it's just going to be depending on the background you chose. Um, for example, Sailor is going to have athletics and intimidation. Or, mm-hmm. uh, Soldier is going to have athletics and intimidation. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Folk Hero is going to have... Animal um, Handling and Survival. That is correct. So, um, let's see. So, for me, fighter, I think a fighter always needs athletics proficiency. I do agree. I mean, it's your highest stat, mm-hmm. you're good at it, it lets you grapple people, it lets mm-hmm. you carry heavy things, lets you run long distances, mm-hmm. and you got short legs, so you gotta you gotta yeah. keep that pace going. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things that I always like to do is I want to have a really high perception, or at least have a little bit of a leg up when it comes to those kinds of checks, mm-hmm. just because you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to... Mm-hmm. not accidentally see an arrow that's flying at yeah. you or something like that. And I tend to let other people be wise, so my perception is usually bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. If you want a more flavored option, um, you have things like history, which we gave our character high intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could have a good history score, mm-hmm. um, a good survival score, if your character is maybe from like the Outlands and uh, would have that kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, or if... Uh, you want to be gruff and a little, like, uh, brutish, like you said. You mm. can have intimidation. Yes. Um, animal handling, acrobatics, those are up to you. Mm. Heavy heavy armor dwarf is not really the acrobatic type to me. Right. And then, uh, of course, since he would be a blacksmith, I could see animal handling. Uh, 
because you know sometimes you That's gotta true. work with sometimes some kinds of animals to be able to make your um, right. your forge work and everything like that. Um, but for for this guy, I, I don't I don't think yeah. so. So we'll go with, we'll go with the, the plane too. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're getting into into our fighter our fighter specifics where you're writing down your features. Yes. Um, the features that the fighter gives you. Um, it's going to be uh, basically your equipment and at first level fighters get a fighting style um this is something that martial classes get specifically Mm -hmm. um i believe it's going to be fighters paladins rangers and some bards get a fighting style do monks not get fighting style they do not uh weird instead they get to punch things oh that's right that's 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 what they get right they have their hands (laughs) um so for fighting styles um Almost alphabetically. This, yeah, this is a this is actually a pretty important choice because fighting mm-hmm. styles make a very big difference. They really do. Um, you have archery, defense, dueling, great weapon fighting, protection, and two weapon fighting. Um, so our dwarf is a blacksmith, and mm-hmm. I can picture him uh, wielding either a big war hammer mm-hmm. or at least a light hammer, right? Or a mace of some kind. Like a he's he's not a swordsman. He's right. He's wielding he's wielding a blunt instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely a sledgehammer in yeah. a world of magical scalpels. That's what I'm thinking. So I feel like almost great weapon fighting might yeah. be where this guy kind of finds his bread and butter. And yeah. basically what that does is when you roll a one or a two on a damage die for an attack, you get to make a melee, or with a melee weapon, sorry, um, then uh, you'd be able to uh, re-roll the dice um, and, uh, and use that new roll. If you uh, roll a one or a two. Exactly. Um, the weapon must be uh, two-handed or versatile for you to gain this benefit. Um, and so that fits a war hammer very well. Very well. Um, another option I would maybe suggest is just going straight up defense. Mm-hmm. Defense gives you a plus one bonus to AC. That doesn't sound exciting, um, but, but it, it is very strong. And it makes it harder for people to hit you. Um, yeah. Um, so defense is really good. Um, especially, I would say defense fits really well if you're not wielding a shield. Mm-hmm. Um but also, if you're wielding a shield, that gives you, like, 18 defense at first level. Or 18 AC at first level, which is mm-hmm. very high. So, if if you're wanting to be a, a tank who's just soaking up arrows in combat, defense is the way to go. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to go with a little more flavorful choice, and let's do a great weapon fighting. Sounds good. So, you reroll ones and twos on two-handed melee attacks. The other feature you're going to get at first level is going to be second wind, which allows you to... Uh, as a bonus action, regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter level. It's just a little bit of a heal. Um, it's very good at low levels. It'll start to get kind of weaker as you get stronger. Um, but Mainly because at yeah. that point, your HP is going to get so high that you don't need to have second wind or anything like that. You yeah. don't, you're not going to need to worry about fighting um, and staying up until the end of each combat session yeah at level five 15 hit points doesn't go as far as at level one 10 hit points you're right so or 11 hit points um but yeah it's nice it's a nice feature especially at early levels and it's part of what makes fighters so accessible Mm -hmm. is a fighter can heal themselves on their free act on their free bonus action Mm -hmm. um at low levels which makes them better at surviving um through the low level stuff unlike a wizard who has like six hp and can't really do anything to heal themselves without another healer. Right. Um, but there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of HP, um, starting out, your HP is equal to your damp to your hit die 
plus your constitution modifier. Mm-hmm. So the fighter's hit die is going to be a d10. So um, at first level, it's going to be 10 plus your constitution modifier. And ours is 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives us 13 hit points at level 1. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems very low, but it goes up basically in mm-hmm. doubles every level. Like Yes. Um, so now let's talk about what equipment he starts out with. So equipment is... Uh, I, I like to flavor the, my equipment choice. I like my mm-hmm. I like my character's equipment to sort of reflect what kind of character they mm-hmm. are. Um, so I think for fighters, you can choose the chainmail heavy armor option or the light armor longbow option. And mm-hmm. I think we're definitely going chainmail. I think so. He's I think a, homeboy's homeboy's going to yeah. be a, a heavy a heavy user. Right. Um, then we get to choose a martial weapon. Uh, martial weapons are the stronger set of weapons that mostly only martial classes get to use. Um, and I think we've already kind of talked about either doing like a, a yeah. war hammer or maybe a morning star. That could yeah. be real fun. So if we want to go one-handed, morning star. But we want great weapons. So I want, right. to, I want to do that war hammer. We want to get that war hammer. Yeah, so that's a 1d8 bludgeoning damage for that. As well as uh, if you're wielding with two hands, 1d10. So if we... Um, we, next, we have an option of another martial weapon or a shield. Now, I think it's definitely worth it to take up that shield. Mm-hmm. Um, because we can technically wield our Warhammer with one hand. Mm-hmm. We lose great weapon fighting when we do that, but mm-hmm. you can hold it and have a shield in the offhand. Mm-hmm. And that just gives you options if you need to, like, if you need to kind of be the wall that your party needs. Right. Um, next, we can choose between a light crossbow and a pair of hand axes. Um... Now, my personal joy is the hand axes, because hand axes are just funny and goofy weapons to just have a pair of for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, but I think I think our guild artisan would have a light crossbow. I think that's the pragmatic choice. Yeah. I think it's for hunting, probably. Right. If he's going out on an adventure, he's got, he can hunt with it. Mm. It's got these good options. Yeah. Now, do you mind reminding me, is... Eldritch Knight, that is not a fighter. That is. It is? That is. At third oh. level, you get Eldritch Knight. So. Um, that's its own thing, which yeah. he could be. He has that high intelligence, but he that's could. something to talk about in a little bit. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, and then you can select a Dungeoneer's pack or an Explorer's pack. Um, those are really semantic in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. they they have things in them, but the my DM style, they don't really come up that often unless you have something interesting to do with them. Right. Um. But some DMs care about rations mm-hmm. and equipment and stuff like that, so yeah. Dungeoneers okay. and Explorers packs are important. Yeah, like, um, uh, sometimes different packs will have specific types of, like, rope. And I know that sounds really silly, but if you're doing a game like Minds of Pendelver, for example, um, it's gonna matter if you have rope. Yeah, Because you're gonna have to be able to, like, mine. Yeah, scale mines and stuff like that. Um, now, like, for example, um, whenever we're playing, uh... Ebron, the One yeah, Piece game? Yeah, the, the... the Ebron game. Yeah. Um, for, or even the One Piece game, for example. Our very first campaign that we had on our podcast. Um, y'all didn't have We any didn't equipment. have equipment. Yeah, y'all didn't have any starting <laughs> We didn't have anything. And so we had to improvise weapons and kind of steal things as we went along. And if that's kind of, um, kind of you know. Your jam. That's yeah. That's kind of the way you go. Yeah. That and it really uh, allows, um, it really kind of forces the, the players to mm-hmm. really think about what it is that they're doing. Yeah. So, um, I think as far as choosing between these two, mm-hmm. let's 
I think I think Art Fighter is going to be a dwarf of the homeland. I think a Dungeoneer's pack is going to fit him well. You think so? I think okay. I think he's a man of the mines. Um, so, you know what? Let's give let's give him a let's give him a good dwarven name, good right quick. Dwarven name. I'm thinking Rocky Stone. Ro- Rocky Stone. Rocky you know, Stone. Reading the name examples that. You know, you might come up with that <laughs> if you look at the naming conventions of dwarves. Um, so, let's see. A lot of a lot of them like their like they like to sound like the word hard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean, like I've been saying, he is he is he a dude? Are we going with a dude or is he going to be? Yeah, let's. I mean, we've already started. We've been calling him he. I feel like it's natural. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll call him a dude. Yeah. Um. um so you've got like. Like, The Hobbit has a whole, like, 13 dwarven names to just mm-hmm. throw in there. They're all good. Um, let's see. Looking at examples, we've got Orsic is kind of an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Although I do Drabon. think... Yeah. Although I do think um, some of the best ones are the ones that you can Google search uh, and mm-hmm. find. And um, where, where I really feel like um, dwarves specifically lie are those really good Norse names. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, like, especially, like, I feel like this guy would kind of be, like, a Thor if we really wanted to yeah. go with that power Warhammer, uh, motif that we're going with. We could, um. Let's, what about, like, a... Flint. <laughs> Flint. Flint Cole. Um, <laughs> We no. could do, uh, I'm thinking something like Rorden. Like... Rorden? Yeah, that's like... That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. R-O-R-D-I-N. That's kind of, it's kind of common dwarf nap, like, sounds. Vernacular, yeah. Um. I don't think W is a good starting sound for it. Yeah, let's... It's got to have a big... You know? Yeah. So, how'd you spell that? Rorden. Um, R-O... Uh, say R-O-A-R. Like, actual roar. R-O-A-R-D-I-N. Rorden. Yeah. Rorden. All right. Rorden, and then something about hammers or rocks. Oh, yeah. All the last names of dwarves. Like, even if I don't think about it, they all become something like a rock. Like, rock thrower. Um, something like... Uh, stone hammer. Yeah, stone hammer. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, um, for example, the second This has more interesting ones. Yeah, but. the the second one that is in or the second clan name that you have in the uh, in the player's handbook is literally Battlehammer. Um or <laughs> Boulderick. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> or Frostbeard. Frostbeard's pretty great. Fireforge. Ooh. Fireforge. Yeah. Fireforge. We might take one of these suggested names. I think Fireforge is a good I name like Fireforge. for our guild artisan. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna take one of the suggested names here from the player's handbook and go with Rorden Fireforge. If I could spell it correctly. All right. So All right. we got Rorden Fireforge. All right. So we have our level one fighter. Other information you might need uh, at if he's uh, his speed is gonna be twenty five. His proficiency is plus two at first level. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a one d ten hit die at first level. Mm-hmm. Um, his armor class kind of fluctuates with a shield it's 18 without a shield it's 16 um both very high um your wizard and your rogue would be jealous of that ac yes um let's see any other useful things to note i don't think so i think we've got we've got our stuff pretty well known um you can pick out a tool proficiency from your uh background and we have smith's tools as our choice um, yes although and we you... get one other artisan tool and i'm thinking masonry masonry that would probably be really good too yeah um or brewer supplies brewer supplies are really funny though yeah uh dwarves have that resistance to poison mm-hmm. 
so that they can drink more. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, from our background, we also got a letter of introduction, a set of bone dice or a deck of cards, mm-hmm. a set of traveler's clothes, clothes, and a belt pouch. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> and 15 gold pieces. Um, there is another option for choosing your starting equipment, and it is in the form of uh, rolling for gold. Um, if that is something that your DM has you do, I would say work with them on that because yeah. um, that takes time to figure out mm-hmm. and get all of that sorted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some for some classes, it can be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, rolling for gold for monks in particular mm-hmm. is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're taking starting equipment, you get you can mm-hmm. start with some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Fighter has really good starting equipment. It's got yeah. everything you need. Yeah. Um, Although sometimes if you're uh, in a specific type of um, arrangement. Um, and you feel like due to your players or your character's backstory or something like that, that you have to have like a specific type of weapon that, um, you know, you just don't get at first level or something like that, or that you, you yeah. wouldn't really be able to purchase, um, talk to your DM. Sometimes, um, they'll work with you on yeah. some of the stuff that you don't necessarily need that you could, I guess, sell back and, um, yeah. gain enough gold to be able to get, um, what you're needing. Um, and for that information, you would really just go to the back of the uh, player's handbook, and it's going to have a whole great big list of stuff there, or it's going to be in the Dungeon Master's uh, guide as well. Yeah. The equipment section has all the starting stuff as well. Yep. Because, um, uh, like, if you're playing a rogue, a hand crossbow has a very different flavor from a light crossbow. Yes. But you can't start with a hand crossbow. Right. Um even though they do the same amount of damage. Mm-hmm. That's something to discuss with your DM, because there are benefits and takeaways from each choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's some... But, you know, it's worth asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for flavor's sake. Oh, yeah. Um, so now we, we pretty much have our, our dude built. Our mm-hmm. Rorden is here. He is created. Um, maybe some numbers of note are... Uh, if you write down your weapons on your... If you're using a standard character sheet, mm-hmm. you've got your Warhammer. It's got a plus five to hit. And it does 1d8 plus 3 damage at the current first level. Uh-huh. Um, light crossbow has a plus 2 to hit and has a 1d8 damage. Now, that's that why is... we didn't get that negative dex. That's right. Uh, also, your saving throws uh, from being a fighter. You have a proficiency in strength and constitution saving throws. Um, constitution is a very good saving throw, um, especially if you're um, planning to get magic at some point. Uh-huh. Uh or if you're really dumb and decide, you know what? I actually do want to drink that pond water. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a handy it's a handy saving throw. Strength is not as common, but it you'll see it more than like charisma or intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a super common saving throw. Mm-hmm. Now we actually don't really have a really strong wisdom saving throw. Now that one is actually a little bit important. It's um, very common. It's very common whenever you're going against mages. Yes. Wisdom th- saving throws are very common, as are dexterity saving throws. Mm-hmm. Um, the hope is, being a fighter, you just have the hit points to tank it. Right. Um, and in a lot of cases, you probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighters are just hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just get that way. Yeah. Um, so let's give let's give this character a little bit of uh, a personality. Yeah. So, Rorden Fireforge, um, we're thinking... You notice, as we were putting it together, we came up with this sort of gruff, uh, I guess sort of master of his craft. 
Yeah. That's why he's got this high intelligence. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the real thing that we, were, we really need to consider is, like, we can assume that this guy probably has, like, some type of um, shop or maybe a family-owned shop that um, he's got brothers. Yeah. And so he's able to go on an adventure. Well, why would he need to leave his, his nice little home? Um, well, you know, it's, you can keep it, depending on the story, you can keep it real easy, and it's just, he just kind of wanted to. Um, there's this need when you're starting out Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. to, like, give your character this backstory that, like, his parents are dead and he's on a quest for revenge and stuff. And, though that does give motivation, Uh it gets really tired. Yeah. Like, it it gets hard to play that, Mm -hmm. especially if the game ends up more goofy. Yeah. As Dungeons and Dragons games are wont to do. Yeah. Um, so, sometimes your bard's on a quest because he's got to pay off his bard's college loans. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes your kobold just doesn't really quite understand how to say no. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're just accidentally your way into an adventure. <laughs> I don't think Rorden, I think Rorden, we're giving him a little bit of a staunch, like, outlook. I don't think he he's accidentally an adventurer. Mm. It's definitely his choice to be one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he... I feel like he's got this arrogance about him, but he also still wants to improve. And I think, I think there's this calling of, can he improve at his craft by learning from like elves and humans and gnomes and picking up these, these tricks for his trade. Maybe one day he'll return, but he knows he thinks he might be able to make it big in a certain, in a way. Really be able to really harness his craft. I like yeah. that. Yeah, like he... Especially since he is, like we said, that guild artisan uh, background. Yeah, that could be that could be his reason for going out. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if... Obviously, in most cases, your DM has a hook for you. Yes. Your DM has a reason for that. Mm-hmm. But that could be just sort of why you started out. Like, why, why, you're, why you're okay leaving town in the first place is because in the back of your mind, there's that thought that... Maybe I could learn some more. Maybe mm-hmm. I could pick up more mm-hmm. skills here. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're, you still have a, f- a big family that is back home that can still run the shop, you're not 100% needed there. And exactly. so you're okay to take this journey. Yeah. Um, now let's, t- let's talk alignment. Okay. We have your reason for adventuring. Mm-hmm. Let's talk alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, alignment doesn't mean as much as it sounds like it does. That's correct. Um, there's no repercussions to your character for Mm. not following a specific alignment Mm. um and some campaign settings like eberron emphasize that alignment is not as important as motivation for choices Mm -hmm. um so like if a character has a good motivation then you could say that they're good aligned Mm -hmm. um but if they have a bad motivation you'd say they're bad aligned but if that bad motivation is coming from a sincere, heartful place, that creates a more interesting conversation with that character. Right. Um, Forgotten Realms, however, is a different setting, and it actually focuses heavily on the alignment system mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, it helps as sort of a roadmap. Mm-hmm. It kind of decides that... Um, it kind of makes up the idea of your character's moral compass. Yeah. So... Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still very loose, um, of course, depending on your DM's play style, 
Um, but if it comes down to it, and you, you know, your character sees some guy being robbed on the side of the road, if you're a, not, you know, a, a neutral good character, are you going to, you know, yeah, go and, and help this man? Or if you're a maybe a chaotic good character, are you going to go and actually steal from the robber? Or you yeah. know, yeah, sort of what course of action would you take? Exactly. Um, so. The book sort of has a little bit of suggested definitions for alignments of most races, um, and if we're doing a home, war- if we're doing a hometown dwarf, mm-hmm. um, lawful is obviously a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, dwarves like structure; they like this lawful nature. Mm-hmm. Now, if your dwarf is not from like a traditionally dwarven society, they can fall in and out of that alignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you see fit, like. Alignments are not set in stone mm-hmm. by any means. Uh, not all orcs have to be evil. Mm-hmm. Not all goblins have to be evil. Not mm-hmm. all elves have to be chaotic. Um, you could be an elf. You can be an elf paladin, where I'd say lawful trumps your chaotic nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff. And um, but again, alignment doesn't have repercussions unless you're like a paladin or a cleric. Mm-hmm. And even then, the tenets are more important than the actual alignment. Right. Right. Um, but I think we could go with a lawful good dwarf here. Yeah, like he's let's, just let's make him a lawful good dwarf. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a sense of justice. Um, where that sense of justice comes from might be that he thinks he is he is the one to deliver it. Like he he is someone who should be delivering that justice mm-hmm. um, simply because of his, I think his, a bit of arrogance or like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think arrogance is more fun to play than just pride. Like he'd be proud of his yeah. work. But that doesn't give you as much to do as someone who's a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky mm-hmm. about their skills. I agree. Someone who's a little, someone who's a little sure of themselves mm-hmm. has more to do. Yeah, of course that does uh, sometimes end up with some really funny uh, role playing situations where sometimes you just don't roll the the <laughs> character as well as you were hoping, and uh, your arrogance kind of backfires, which right. always kind of spirals into a really funny situation. Like, so, let's say, so, he has a really low charisma. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. If he has, if he's an arrogant person with a low charisma, he is arrogant of things no one else recognizes. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, yes, I am this, I am talented, I am uh, competent, I am powerful. No one else knows that, mm-hmm. but he assumes they should. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have low charisma. Yeah. You don't have low charisma maybe because you just don't speak, but you may have low charisma because what you speak about. Yeah. So it's like walking up to somebody and going, hey, did you know that in the Iliad, and then you continue that conversation because you assume everyone's read the Iliad? Yeah. Yeah. You just start, <laughs> you start throwing out reference and knowledge, assuming everyone else knows it and should be impressed that you know it. Yeah. Something like that. That kind of gives you some a fun kind of character to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... For example, our character, uh, Rorden, might actually go up to some guy and go, Oh, hey, I see that hilt that you got there on your on your sword. Uh, do you mind if I balance it and make sure that it is, you know, make sure it's of good craft and all this other kind of stuff? Um, when everyone else is going to sit there and go, Okay, hun." <laughs> In most cases, they just go, No, get, get away from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, another good case, if you're wanting to sort of build your character is backgrounds have personality traits in the player's handbook. Um, some are good, some are not. Um, and it suggests like maybe rolling for them. I'd say just pick ones that sound good yes. if you want to. If you don't find any you like, 
don't pick them. That's right. okay. Um, there are other supplementary books that have traits based on races as mm-hmm. well, um, such as Mordenkainen's Soma Foes, Volus mm-hmm. Got to Monsters. They have traits based on what race you are, and yeah. that that can have its own mm-hmm. uh, impact as well if you have access to those. Um, but so let's take a look at like Guild Artisan. We've got things like uh, I believe that anything worth doing is worth doing right. I can't help it. I'm a perfectionist. That sounds oh, good. But there's I'm a also snob yeah. who looks down on those who can't appreciate fine art. Now, if uh, yeah. that's not our boy, we can combine that with this other one that says I like to talk at length about my profession. So yeah, yeah. so it's, he loves to talk about what he does, and he gets irritated when people don't show interest. That gives you something to play with, something mm-hmm. to do. Those are fun personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have ideals. We can pick maybe one of these. See, lawful is a uh, Okay, it's, it is the duty of all citizens, of all civilized people, to strengthen the bond of community and the security of civilization. That sounds very dwarven. That's, yeah, that, sound, that sounds like a, like a good dwarven yeah. trait, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, bonds are, let's see, the workshop is where I learned my trade, is the most important place in the world to me. Mm, I don't like that, because that feels like it would keep you from going on an adventure. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I owe my guild a great debt for forging me into the person I am today. Oh, now uh, that one kind of that one kind of works. Um, mainly because ooh. that allows you to have different types of community ties with every place you go to. Here we got. I think here's a really good one though. Is one day I will return to my guild and prove that I am the greatest artisan of them all. Oh, I think that's I think boy. there's I think there's Rorden. That's it. That's yeah. Rorden right there. Mm-hmm. And then we got a good, and then we got some flaws. Flaws are fun, playable aspects mm-hmm. of your character. Now, and if you're, and also uh, talk to your DM about this as well. If you usually play your flaws, then your DM will most likely be able to award you um, uh, inspiration, inspiration, or not, or they ignore it like I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do it on a case by case. If someone does something really cool and is playing it interesting, I'll just give them advantage in that situation. I yeah. don't really hand out inspiration. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let's see. Flaws. Uh, I'll do anything to get my hands on something rare. Priceless. I don't like that. That's, yeah. that's stereotype dwarf. That's, like, the dwarven flaws thing. I don't like that one. But, like, the greedy dwarf. I think, I think I'm less interested in a greedy dwarf than I am of a proud dwarf. Right. I think, I think if a dwarf is charging you for their goods, it's because they know theirs is the best. Exactly. Not that they want your money. I think that's... Yeah. Greed, greed is a boring trait. Pride is an interesting trait. Um, yeah. Let's see. And there's no word like of play ones. as well. You don't like any of those? I don't like these very much. Maybe there's a little bit of this one that says, I'm horribly jealous of anyone that can outshine my handiwork. Everywhere, everywhere I go, I'm surrounded by rivals. I think just take that last part. Everywhere I go, I'm surrounded by rivals. Yeah, I think... I think that's sort that of his... That a very shonen hero type. Yeah, that, that's what that's what pushes him forward. That's why yeah. he's doing this, is he, like, he's, he meets an elven artisan, and he's like... Oh, I have a new rival. He's like, oh, I will learn this, and I will... I'll do I will better. improve. Yeah. I'll improve upon that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and there we go. I think we got some traits for mm-hmm. Rorden. Um, I think the last thing I want to talk about for building a character, mm-hmm. um, for D&D specifically is a quirk um a lot of tabletop games will actually like have suggestions of these baked into their characters and stuff right D doesn't and i think that's 
where I'd say go a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thought of a quirk is something that's distinctly playable and distinctly part of your character. Mm-hmm. Something fun and interesting that your character has. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have one for Rorden in mind at the moment, but I have some examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played a gift fighter for a while in a game, <laughs> yes. and he believes that the only opponents that are even a threat to him are other gift. He thinks no one is as well trained or as strong as he is, and with that in mind, he's ready to wrestle just about anyone and anything. That is true, and that also falls really well into <laughs> the character's like racial history. Um, mainly because the the gith um, do travel like they are they're a people of of combat of, of combat and they are very powerful par- very powerful warriors yeah and so that and does intelligent make a fighters. lot of sense yeah and then you've got characters like mine which in the same campaign um, is a, a trident um, warlock of the old ones um, who because of reasons uh, decided to make a pledge with um you know the old ones like cthulhu and and so on and um and so because of that uh she gets um telepathy with with any creature she can speak to them in any language and um they will be able to understand her they won't necessarily be able to talk back to her but they'll hear her in her head and so because of that madness that she has um she thinks that everyone else should be able to understand and comprehend that madness yeah which is very fun to play. Yeah, because you're the highest charisma character in the party. <laughs> yes. And so we're like, we need you to talk to people, but also don't talk to people. <laughs> and so you end up with fun stuff like that. Um, trying to think of like other quirks. Um, have things like <laughs> you had what you had soot who was just dirty. My, yes. And, soot was in a, just in a, a garbage person <laughs> in like a distinctly playable way though. Like you, like we had jokes and we had good times about yeah. the fact that soot. It's just kind of a trash person. Um, that is correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, we had, uh, I'm trying to think of just, like, fun quirks you can play. And so, um, I think Warden... Although I do think, um, the, 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 the one that I do, am, I'm a little upset about, um, that we weren't able to really show everyone, was the fact that your first character, Lou, the, um, uh... The, the bard, mm-hmm. the what, what kind of elf was it again? I'm so Eldrin. sorry. Yeah, Eldrin, the Eldrin yeah. elf. Um, because uh, of your mood swings, um, your entire body changed. And that was always so funny yeah. to have to deal with. Because one day you would be so happy and so summery <laughs> and everything was great. And then the next day, like something tr- like tragic would happen and... Um, we just lost a map a or something mood. like that. Woke up in a bad mood. And then suddenly you have a crown of thorns and so edgy and I'm going to go and brood. And, and write, write sad poetry. Write sad poetry. Yeah. I think there was one day that he was like summer and he was just like ant. And I was like, he's a bard, but he is ready to fight. He was like, <laughs> I'm a fist fight the next orc we run into. It's just like, you, you carry a, you carry a loot. It's just like, yeah. Let's doesn't go. matter. <laughs> so I think, think in that realm of like. What is something that's distinctly your character? But I also think be a little careful that it's not something that would hinder the game. Yeah. Because um, that's something that you can run into. Because we always want to yes and, mm-hmm. even through our quirks. Yeah. So I think 
as long as you and the other players are able to continue to yes and to mm -hmm. progress things, um, you're still in a safe you're still in a safe place. Which is the biggest rule of improv. <laughs> yeah, which is the big rule of improv. Um, and uh, it's something like if you don't have any experience with that, it's something a little hard to think of right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But I think whenever you're making a character, always keep in mind that. You are playing a remarkable person mm -hmm. who wants to be on an adventure. Right. Um, something that would be a, like, a quirk that wouldn't really work is, like, someone who doesn't want to, who isn't a team player. That's not, that's not a good quirk. Like, if you're, now, if you're someone that's not a team player and has to be convinced to go on a, an adventure, you might want to rethink your character. Here we go. But jumping off of that, I think we, I have Rorden's. Okay. So let's let's take this idea of this lone wolf, this skilled lone wolf. Uh -huh. Why would he want travelers to go with him? Because he wants fans. Oh. Rorden, Rorden <laughs> thinks of himself as a rock star of a genre that doesn't exist. <laughs> There's our quirk. I think our quirk for Rorden is that this is a man who has an adventuring party who he believes is there to admire him. <laughs> Even if they don't, he might he might not care. <laughs> I think he's tacked on to these people and he's like just kind of showing off. Or maybe they're not impressed and that's the thing. That's is that he's trying so hard to impress them. Oh, that's and then once so they do, good. he takes it even further. Oh man. There, I think there's our Rorden quirk. That's it. I think we've got our, our confident guild master blacksmith that's um, tasty that's a tasty the fighter is just the extra it's just like i know i gotta know how to use all these things because i make them right but he's just like one day i'm gonna make the dopest warhammer <laughs> and all y'all gonna see and you're gonna because be i so won't jealous, shut up about it and you're gonna be so <laughs> jealous you're gonna want to swing it around and you can't because it's mine and i right? made it it's got my initials on it <laughs> exactly so yeah yeah there's our boy. There's our boy. There, there is our, there's our dwarf fighter. Yeah. So that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. There, there is, there's sort of a process, like a, a process of how we kind of look at mm. a Dungeons and Dragons character. Mm -hmm. um, some of it's a little out there if you're wanting to play more reserved or if you're just getting into the game. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think a fighter is a good way to yeah, go. Yeah, fighters are really um, good way to go. In that they're kind of blank slates. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, there's a lot of normal method to them. Right. Um, I think we'll continue going over D&D &D mm -hmm. characters for a couple of weeks, um, and then we'll start getting into other stuff. Um, and if you uh, find this and you're really interested and you have an idea for a character, like a funky idea, and you want to see what we can do with it, let us know. Tweet at us at uh, P2BW1 on Twitter. Yeah, totally. And uh, let us build a character for you. That'd be yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Give us... Give us something impossible. Give us a Let's structure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, it can be if you... Like, I want to I make an elf ranger. How would you guys make it? Or if you're like, I want to make a luchador. How would you make a luchador? And we can come up with that kind of stuff. Oh, that'd be so much fun. So, yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you want. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.